From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we are celebrating a milestone of one of Memphis's most beloved local bands, Big Ass Truck. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JV. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we're diving into the electric sounds of a Memphis institution, celebrating three decades of musical mayhem from Big Ass Truck. The legendary Big Ass Truck marked their 30th anniversary with a blazing performance. Now, I'm going to tell you, this happened at Minglewood, and it's sort of funny because I remember, I guess I was there, so to speak, when Big Ass Truck started. Um, I guess I'm telling my age here. And back then, when you said the name of the band, I remember my mother going, who? What, what, what is that name? You know, the reaction from all the adults was like, oh my goodness, big ass truck. And now that thing that was taboo 30 years ago to say is, you know, like, we've heard it all, you know? <laughs> so it's sort of funny to come into the space where after 30 years, it's like normal to say the band's name. Well, I was having lunch uh, a couple years ago with the queen of Memphis soul, Miss Carla Thomas, and she told me she noticed that Memphis music was truly changing when she walked down Bill Street and saw a marquee that said, Big Ass Truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember seeing the guys in clubs, in fact, put together a show um, with some friends years ago. It was an award show here in town that celebrated uh, the recorded music that was coming out of Memphis, Memphis Area Music Awards. And our show, the headliner, was Big Ass Truck with Rufus Thomas. And Rufus Thomas had that exact uh, reaction. Big Ass Truck? Oh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey it's been for Big Ass Truck over 30 years, born in the mid-90s. This group blends rock, hip-hop, funk, and psychedelia all into one sonic experience that is like no other. Guess what, Pat? They're back, even though they don't always get a chance to play together. Well, the lineup has shifted a lot over the years. The core essence of the band is drummer Robert Barnett, DJ Colin Butler, keyboardist Alex Green, and vocalist guitarist Robbie Grant and Steve Selvage, along with their original bassist and Bill Street Caravan supporter, Joe Boone. For this special 30th anniversary performance at Minglewood, they had one of their other bassists that played with them over the years, Robbie's little brother. I won't say little, younger brother, yeah, Grayson younger. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> now about this 30th anniversary show at Minglewood. The energy was palpable, JB. It's like the city came alive with the spirit of Big Ass Truck. 
Yeah, Big Ass Truck is a Memphis favorite. I was hanging backstage and I was trying to keep the secret all night, but they wheeled out this 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 big old <laughs> big ass cake uh, with uh, one of the one of the big boy mascots from the hamburger chain that's popular. And the reaction of the people when they saw, or really the reaction of the band, because they had no idea this 30th anniversary cake was coming out. It's just one small little nod to how humorous and theatrical this band is. Exactly, JB. Memphis is a city known for its rich musical heritage. And Big Ass Truck has always managed to stand out even in this vibrant scene. Their ability to seamlessly weave through genres from rock to hip hop to funk captures the essence of the city's diverse musical spirit. And they also remind us with each record and performance to simply cut loose and not take yourself too seriously. Yeah, it's not just about their music. Their songwriting reflects this knack for the dramatic and the theatrical and the strange and the weird and the quirky. In a whirlwind mix of guitars, turntable scratches, and I'll say angelic vocal refrains, audiences are endeared long before their finale song finds lead singers beckoning for the arrival of a friendly Martian to jump right in the party and get on the dance floor right along with you. Well, I'll tell you a little secret, JB. Years ago, they asked me to write their bio, and I struggled for so long on how to write a big-ass truck bio. And I ended up writing the bio centered around the idea of breakfast cereals. And it was truly something that represented the band. So <laughs> they've become a cherished part of the Memphis Music Mosaic. So I think we need to let them hear some music. Absolutely. Let's jump right into this 30th anniversary celebration of one of our hometown favorites, Big Ass Truck, live on Bill Street Caravan. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket, that's the ticket, that's the ticket, that's the ticket. Yeah, that's the ticket, yeah, that's the ticket. 
Salvage on guitar. guitar. Yes, sir.
Count it out soon. Slow. Count it out soon. Slow. Could you speed it up? I gotta go. Thanks so much. Here's more from Big Ass Truck, live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was Big Ass Truck live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit TerminusRecords.com. We'll be back with more music from the band in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. The Chevrolet pulled to the curb and stopped. It was a two-door 54, black, white rag, and white wall tires. It looked as long as a city block with sharp fins on the back. Grimes jumped out of his bedroom window at the sight of the Chevy and ran for it. The passenger door opened. Everybody was jammed in there. Mickey, Frog, Tally, and Floyd in back. Big Ella up front. The bass fiddle practically pushed the back seat into the trunk and rested on the dash between Big Ella and the driver. At the wheel was Rufus Thomas. Welcome to the Bearcats, Rufus announced. He threw the Chevy into gear and swerved into the street. Grimes had to squeeze beside Big Ella in the front seat. We got a young buck, she told the others. Y'all speak correctly. From the back seat, Mickey said, His lean so clean, you could stir cabbage with it. Rufus laughed so loud that the car shook. He slowed down, put his forehead on the wheel, and slapped the dash with his hand. Grimes forced a chuckle. Rufus drove from North Memphis down to Orange Mound. He pulled the big Chevy into the dirt lot behind the Brown Derby. The Bearcats unloaded and lugged their gear through the unlit yard, spotlighted in the high beams of other cars pulling in. They heard the meh from out of the darkness, and by the flickering light of the parking lot, they saw goats sprinkled all over the yard. Inside, guys rolled dice out of a leather horn straight onto the floor, but there was no time to get caught up in a game. Rufus set everyone up and took a moment with each instrument to show the musicians how to play his songs. Keep yourself in B-flat, Rufus yelled, fingering the keys on Floyd's saxophone and moving on. He picked up the drumsticks and flourished a beat for Grimes. What do you play, Rufus? The drummer asked. I can't play dead on any of them. Just give me a shuffle, Rufus said. That ended the rehearsal. The Bearcats shuffled into the first number. Big Ella took the mic. Rufus is a makeup artist, Big Ella said, half to the crowd, half to the band. He'll stand here and make up songs all night. You made me feel so mean. Big Ella told the audience, police arrested me for conjuring hoodoo. Rufus asked, yeah, what was the charge? She said, $500. As the band shuffled, a lady in a sleek black dress caught every eye in the joint as she performed the newest dance. She rocked her hips all the way down to the floor. Rufus followed everyone's eyes and channeled their thoughts. They didn't want her to stop. He owed them everything he could do to help. He sang... After the show, everyone packed back into Rufus's car, fitting in the seats around the bass fiddle. Gotta go to work, Rufus said. It's five o'clock in the morning, and my shift at the textile mill starts at six. 
Grimes asked, Rufus, why you do all this, man? Rufus said, because every time I think I got my ends to meet, somebody come up and move the ends. It's going to be the death of you, Big Ella told him. I'm going to survive, Rufus said, and I'm going to do something recognizable so when I pass off this land of the living, I will be remembered. And after struggling to remain awake for 57 and a half cents an hour, Rufus headed toward his next job, hosting the Sepia Swing Club on radio station WDIA. For Rufus, WDIA made strange connections. The station broke barriers in the outside world. Every DJ was black, every show aimed for a black audience. But the owners were all white, and the DJs weren't allowed behind the glass between the studio and the engineer. The contradiction came to a head, so to speak. The place had only one bathroom. Rufus opened the door and stared into it. It looked pretty much the same as the one in his house. He looked around. Nobody. He thought, I am part of this institution and I'm not going to go outside anymore. He walked in and slammed the door. And when he stepped back out, Rufus was standing face to face with a guy who was either IRS or FBI. Horn rimmed glasses, skinny black tie, starched white shirt. I'm Jim Stewart, the man said. We listen to you all the time down at the studio. Picking up his chin off the floor, Rufus calmly asked, what studio would that be? Satellite Records, Jim said. Brand new. Fact, I brought you this. He handed Rufus a record and his business card. Maybe you could give it a spin? Rufus had the record on the air before Mr. G-Man got back in the car. Rufus watched Stuart flip on the radio. Stuart looked back towards Rufus, nodded his head one time, and smiled. I'm just a fool. From DIA, it was time to stop home for a quick bite, then take the Bearcats back out into the night. Though Rufus barely had time to think, much less go to the bathroom, a song had been bubbling in his mind. He thought about bantering with Big Ella on the stage like an old married couple. They always came together at the end, kissed and made up. In his living room, Rufus grabbed a cardboard sign that advertised his show at the Brown Derby. He turned it over and jotted down some verses out of his mind. It was a totally different twist on a duet, unlike anything else on the radio, fast-paced and driving, not sing-songy syrup. Rufus had just a few minutes before he needed to leave again for the next shift. He raced around the house and grabbed up his tape recorder. With no Big Ella around, he needed someone to fill in the female lead and called for his teenage daughter. Rufus put the tape recorder on top of the TV set. He and his daughter, Carla, stood in the living room in front of the TV, belting out the song like they were on stage. Rufus scattered out the instrumental breaks and soft-shoed in his sock feet while Carla sang. It was a ten-minute masterpiece, and he knew just who to show it to. He grabbed the tape and the business card and hit the door. The next afternoon, Jim Stewart called him at WDIA, and in no time, Rufus parked his 54 at the curb outside the Satellite Records studio. It was really an old movie theater. He walked in and looked up at the high, curving ceiling and down across the hard floor that slanted to where the screen used to be. The Bearcats were already there waiting. To their surprise, Rufus walked in with a new female vocalist, his 17-year-old daughter. 
Grimes smiled at Carla. Are you Big Ella? he asked. Big Ella can tear a house apart, Rufus said, but she don't come across on record. Rufus led the recording session like he directed his gigs. Rufus hummed the melody, clapped the time, and the musicians played it back for him until they got it right. One thing didn't translate from the Bearcats live act, though. The shuffle. Grimes spoke up. I heard this New Orleans beat they called the heebie-jeebie. He demonstrated, like that song, Ooh Poop I Do. I love it, Rufus shouted. After two takes, Jim Stewart stepped out, holding out a record for Rufus. Maybe you can give it a spin, Jim smiled. Rufus kicked off the next sepia swing hour in grand ceremony. I've been telling you about the big record Carla and I recorded, and we do think it's big. Here it is. Cause I love you. A struggling little music company had its first big hit. It would soon change its name from Satellite to Stax Records. And Rufus Thomas soon worked his last shift at the textile mill. to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We're back, and for those of you who are just tuning in, we're hanging loose with the signature sounds of Big Ass Truck at their 30th anniversary concert. Though they don't perform together as Big Ass Truck regularly these days, several members of the Big Ass Truck family hold key roles elsewhere in the Memphis music community. 
That's right, Pat. These guys have left an indelible mark all over Memphis music and the entire music industry, in fact. There's guitarist and vocalist Steve Selvage, son of Bill Street Caravan founder Sid Selvage. When he's not home rocking Memphis, he's typically touring all over the globe as a member of The Hold Steady, who famously had their song The Bear and the Maiden Fair featured on everyone's favorite dragon-fighting, family-feuding fantasy show, Game of Thrones. Even though he's away with the band pretty often, he keeps his roots alive and well in Memphis by his collaboration with Zydeco soul artist Marcella Simeon. You know, that's the beauty of Memphis, Pat. No matter where the music takes you, the city just stays in your soul. And speaking of diverse musical journeys, Robbie Grant has his hands in so many bands. Oh, yeah, it's hard to even keep up. From Mouse Rocket to Man Control, Dream Journal, Aquarian Blood, and Vending Machine, Robbie's a musical chameleon. And let's not forget the annual Christmas show with the Robbie Grant Band, a festive tradition. And the man has made his mark on NPR's popular Tiny Desk series with an experimental side project called Mellotron Variations, where he shared the prestigious stage with musical heavyweights like John Modeski and Pat Sansone of the band Wilco. I, I just got to stop. Mellotron Variations is like the freakiest thing ever. You should go Google it and look it up. It's an experience in sound and what sound can do. So I won't talk more about it, just go Google it. But they're on a Bill Street Caravan show also, so you can go look through the Bill Street Caravan archives. So let's talk about your collaboration, JB. You and Robbie co-founded WYXR 91.7 FM in Memphis, keeping the flame of great music burning bright. Yeah, it's been an incredible honor to work alongside Robbie uh, and under his tutelage. We brought the station to life and breathed quite a bit of fresh air, if I must say, into the Memphis radio landscape. And we brought along 90 volunteer hosts who get to play whatever kind of music they want. No playlists, no spreadsheets, no ratings. I don't stand over them and tell them what to, to look into or any of that sort of stuff. They just play the music that feels good to them. Let's celebrate community radio and what it means around the United States because it is where you hear the real music. So, not to overlook anybody in the band, I gotta put some attention on the turntable maestro, DJ Colin Butler. Now, for widespread Panic fans, they know him for scratching up a storm in a handful of their local shows. But I will tell you one thing about Colin. He was the first person to ever make me look at a turntable as an instrument within its own. There were whole conversations that we had about that. And he looks at the work that he does as a philosophy, as a important piece to the band, that instrument that's been forgotten. And he has a lot of versatility in what he does. It's sort of exciting to hear him talk about it. I couldn't agree more, Pat, as a turntablist myself. I've learned <laughs> quite a lot from Colin over the years. All of these guys have written their chapters in Memphis music history, and I'm so privileged and grateful that they give so much to our local scene and show so much of the Memphis influence elsewhere. So without further ado, let's jump right back into the music for this 30th anniversary celebration of Big Ass Truck. Like that. 
Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, everybody. All right. All righty, folks, we're here today with Thomas Cribbins, once again, guest hosting on Bill Street Caravan. And we have a special guest uh, in a studio slash Bill Street Caravan office with us today, Mr. Steve Selvage. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing well, Thomas. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Thanks so much, man. Steve Selvage is the son of Bill Street Caravan's founding producer and executive director, Mr. Sid Selvage. So it's fair to say without Steve and his family, there'd be no me talking to you guys <laughs> on this mic right now. That's right. <laughs> now we're just hanging out. Yes, now we're just <laughs> hanging out, man. Steve Selvage is a guitar hero in uh, simplest of terms. <laughs> uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly as a guitar player myself. What was your earliest influence musically, and when did you decide on the guitar, and when did it take hold of you, man? I mean, earliest influence had to have been my dad, just because, you know, he was always around singing, playing. I was always going to see him. It was all I ever remember wanting to do, and then it was like, that was it. That's all I thought about, was being a guitar player. How old were you? Uh, Ten. Ten, wow. Yeah, when I when I decided to, like, this, this that's what I wanted to do, I was ten years oh, old. Oh, wow. That's an early commitment, man. Yeah, yeah. So you start that journey at ten. What age are you by the time you say, all right, let me get my first band. Let's find some buddies. Let's do some music out here. Uh, so... And what was the name of that band? <laughs> so the first band that I played guitar in was, um, fast forward about three years, uh, my buddy Miles was singing this band called Uncensored, mm. and... They already had a guitar player, but he wanted to bring me in as well. So I came in, and uh, we played at the uh, the Antenna Club. Can we talk about a little bit about um, who was in Mud Boy and what was your experience watching them? How did Mud Boy uh, influence uh, you and what you're doing down the line, even with some of the offspring of these same guys? Right. About. I mean, Mud Boy was everything to us. Okay, so Mud Boy and the Neutrons was my dad, Jim Dickinson. Uh, Lee Baker, who was a big guitar influence, Lee Baker was like the guitar player. Yeah, he was the hero. Yeah. Um, and then Jimmy Crossway uh, played washboard. Yeah, and they would have various um, rotating sort of rhythm sections, or sometimes they would just jug it, you know, just play acoustic. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how it kind of came about is that like Dickinson, my dad, Lee Baker, they'd all had like record deals kind of go south. Like they they had been kind of in like the major label world. Like my dad had a record out on Enterprise, Isaac Hayes' label, and he had, he had cut a record for Elektra, um, but that fell through, and you know Dickinson had an album out on Atlantic, and Baker was in a band called Moloch that was also on Enterprise, but um, so that the, the idea was, was to form this crazy gonzo band that couldn't get signed. Mm. It was the antithesis of like the record industry, you're trying to make it big. Mm. They would just play stuff that was they were influenced by. I mean, obviously they were, had the good fortune to learn from some of these, so many of these blues masters, Mississippi Fred McDowell, Furry Lewis, Johnny Woods, and stuff like that. And uh, and then just kind of the rock and roll that they cut their teeth on. You know, uh, Bo Diddley was a big one. I mean, I caught the tail end of it, but the, like the '70s were. I mean. Y'all, our dads are going crazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, we're going to leave it right there. Yeah. After <laughs> our dads were going crazy. Yeah. That's the catch-all statement for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it, man. So and, and you mentioned that comes, that was around the early 2000s. 
which isn't quite 30 years ago. So before then, you've already formed Big Ass Truck. Correct. Um, how, how did that come about? Talk to me about who's in that and what are y'all doing at this time? So we played a show with this band called The Simple Tones, which, which became The Simple Ones, which is our dearly departed Jared McStay, got in touch with me and said, hey, we're playing a show at the Antenna. Do you want to open up? And I was like, well, my band's broken up, but I can put something together by the time of the show. So in the, the last little bit of uh, 1992, actually, uh, we I had been trying to do something with our DJ, Colin Butler. He's a turntablist. So I just, Robbie and I were still tight. I called up Robbie. I've been talking to this dude, Joe Boone. Um, called him up, knew Alex Green, uh, and knew he was into like the Booker T stuff we kind of wanted to do because we wanted to do like a new Memphis soul kind of oh, thing. Okay. But okay. with like hip hop elements. Wow. So put everybody together, and within two practices, we had enough material. We worked immediately, we worked up a version of I'm a Ram by Al Green, yeah. which Teeny High just gave me the stamp of approval. He told me he liked it. So. So I can, take, I can take that with me. Legend. For those who don't know, Tenny Hodges is the guitar player for Al Green on a lot of those classic and hit records. Love and happiness being don't, one. Don't, don't, Come don't, on, man. Don't, 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 <laughs> we love you, Tenny. Yes, sir. Love you, Tenny. I had a chance to meet him uh, one time before his passing. Uh, he's magic. And it was he's a magic. magic. Truly magic. He's a, he's a magic baby. Twin. Yes, so sweet, man. Um, so the 13-year gap. And when did you guys reconvene after? The, what, what year was that? Um, ultimately, it became uh, 2014. 2014. We kind of started to talk about it in 2012, but mm -hmm. it didn't actually happen until 2014. Gotcha. And were, were y'all gigging regularly again? It was just to come together to write it, some new material? Didn't write anything new. Um, total, you know, uh, hair to jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we just, we, we did like a warm-up show in, in Oxford. Okay. Um, and then came and did did that uh yeah so the show was at minglewood hall um it was part it, and it wasn't just us it was part of uh a launch party for uh a documentary called meanwhile in memphis okay um um so were you like, guys far or you were you featured in the yeah office? yeah yeah so we were interviewed for that nice and uh and we're in it and um so it was a multi-band thing it went off well you know we, we, we had like the all original members for that one mm -hmm. um and we kind of just mainly played stuff from the first album. Right. Um, so yeah, and then that was that. By that point, I'd been in the Hold Steady for four years. Okay. And and in 2014, we started an album cycle. Gosh. So, you know, that was like, I, I did that gig and then I was on the road. You also released an album at the top of this year celebrating your 30 years together? That's right. Uh, Terminus Records and Mempho Presents uh, came to us with the idea of doing um, a career retrospective. I, I can't call it a greatest hits because we didn't really have any hits, but, uh, but you know, it was like, because so a, a couple years ago, Terminus had reissue our, reissued our 1998 album, Who Let You In Here, uh, on vinyl, mm -hmm. like the whole thing. Wow. So it wasn't really in the cards to do reissues of everything, so we just sort of put together a greatest hits kind of thing. And uh, so, um, yeah, it's just because there's a couple of albums that aren't available on the DSPs. So it was an idea of getting some more of the music out there um, and just a, a kind of way to recontextualize it. It was really fun. I sequenced it and it was really fun to listen to, you know, the journey. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't chronological, but uh, it was it was neat to hear all the different eras kind of weave in and out of each other. Wow. 
Um, and it's just nice to have some more product, something to talk about. Yes, sir. I'll be going out looking for that myself and adding it to the Support collection. your local record stores. Yes, sir. Well, Steve, man, I, I certainly thank you for coming in office. One last tidbit for the audience. As you listen to this episode and all newer episodes of Bill Street Caravan, if you listen to the theme music that is playing oh, yeah. at the beginning of the show, that is Steve Selvage along with some of the names he's mentioned today, Paul Taylor, Luther yep. Dickinson, uh, Mono Neon, Kirk Whalem, Yellow P are all on uh-huh. this. This is the Bill Street Caravan theme song, but uh, Steve is the guitar hero on that thing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the Isaac Hayes fuzz. Yes, Yes, I love it, man. Yeah. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. We look forward to hearing more from Big Ass Truck right here on Bill Street Caravan. We thank Steve Selvage for being in studio with us. Here's more from Big Ass Truck live on Bill Street Caravan. Robbie Grant, y'all. Robbie Grant. Straight up. Um, old people that get offended easily. Old people that get offended easily.
Thanks for that y'all with night. 30 years. Whatever year you came in, we love you. Thanks so much. That was Big Ass Truck, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit TerminusRecords.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. 